episode 147 of and Chuck, if you're watching me right now, you'll know that I, yes, I still have my work V-neck undershirt on. I just took my polo shirt off and I threw it on the bed. And I, I got what what we call the Archie Bunker Man, going on. I was right wondering now. what was going on over there. I, I thought maybe the the room temperature was up, and you were uh, that, that, oh, it's up. You were sort of it's up now. Some self air conditioning. This uh, this Pro Coolmax undershirt cool brand Max. I have is so translucent. I mean, the brownness of my nipples. Oh, are I see them. Yeah, just, there they are. Mm-hmm. God damn. The tr- that's the Coolmax. Yeah. That's what's happening. Where it's ultra breathable, ultra cool. Yeah. you know flex of jade and and whatnot now see, that's peppered throughout this that's material. the type of shirt that can get you past uh the instagram uh, profanity sensors you know you could take a picture of yourself in that shirt and it hedges mm-hmm. the line just right. enough that you won't get your account suspended right so i i won't make any money off of it i don't think anyone's making any money i i i no i beg to differ <laughs> Everybody but me out there. This week on the show. This week on the show, we watch the movie Performance. Which I was like, oh, this ruddy. I was like, oh, this ruddy old uh, movie that hasn't been watched since 1970. I checked the Wikipedia after watching and it's like one of the most influential British movies of all time. So, you know, we're going to get into it. Uh, Foxtrot Bebop, friend of the show. It's been a minute since I've disliked a film this much on story Whoa. alone. Oh my wow. God. We got a lot to unpack here on performance. You get me yet, Chug, when I say you like Performance. Um, How do you talk with your lips jutting out like that? Performance. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, this is you, definitely... Well, you say things, well, you say things, uh, you say things that don't make no sense in conversation, you understand? I'm glad. And that's how you really do it. You just say these lines and you really just, you ask hypothetical questions back to the person asking you questions, you understand? Yes. Look at my shirt. I want to see an x-ray. Look at my, sh- look at my shirt, Wouldn't it Charles. be fascinating to see an x-ray of... Mick Jagger's spine to see what, what the curvature that's, that's going on there. Cause I always like, you know, you always picture uh, him with his yeah. chest sticking out, you know, like a, like a chicken, like a rooster. Right. It's like a permanent yeah. thing. It's like a permanent fusion. Yeah. Does he have specially made like office chairs for him? That's like a, you know, mm-hmm. he does. Yeah. With all that yeah. rock and roll money. Oh God. He, he, uh, all custom chairs everywhere. I was going to say something else, but, um, oh, oh, uh, we're going to get into this and, you know, we're going to get into this or I'm going to forget to talk about this t- come time, the movie yeah. segment, but there was a, there was a scene in this movie where I could have swore up and down that the whole through line of my jokes tonight were going to be the pencil eraser size nipples <laughs> on Mick Jagger, but it turns out it was one of the females in the movie and not Mick Jagger. Yeah. That- but I mean, these nipples were so... From from the base of the the uh-huh. boob, the base of the yeah. nipple to to it was like an air control tower, like in miniature yeah. form, like it could be an air control tower for a micro machine setup, like a diorama. And we got that one shot that was like you know it was the as big as a skyscraper, you know if uh, 
it took up it was like a macro yeah. a, a lot of the screen it was like a macro yeah, lens yeah, yeah. yeah and it's like it's like a it's a, it's a, it was an illusion because you're looking at it at first and you're like i don't know what i'm looking mm-hmm. at and then it slowly reveals itself and you're like oh okay that's big that's a big one yeah there could there could be like a full-sized man in a Godzilla costume like a yeah. hundred feet behind that uh-huh. shot of the nipple and it would be like this it would be like uh, Peter Jackson yeah. style movie magic because this nipple Chuck I know it was like it was like an organic living Whose building nipple was that was that big one it wasn't Ferber's it was the other it was the other, it was the other uh, okay. mini it was minis it was um God. What was the what do they call ladies? I just listened to the stupid Led Zeppelin book, and all he did Lucy. was call the her women. Name is Lucy, her character uh, Michelle Breton. Lucy, Lucy. Her name is not blue on Wikipedia, which makes me think this is uh, maybe the only thing she's in. Um, but before we get into per- performance, yeah. Before we do that, let's let's do some other stupid shit. We bounce shit around, you know. We talk. Yeah. Talk about the future of the show yeah, and, this and is, it's impending. This is everyone's favorite part of the you know, show. No one ever skips this part, right? Right. No, yeah, no, because we're just hilarious. Yeah, and we lead such interesting lives and we're so good at uh, orating the details. I, ha- I happen to know for a fact that our friends just download the show just to keep the numbers up. They don't, we're they're not obligated to listen and they do not thank listen. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's where we can get eyes. We get yeah. eyes on those numbers, oh, yeah. you know? One of these yeah. days, we're going to get eyes mm-hmm. on the numbers. <laughs> Chuck, uh, you know. So, I, what about I you? did something what I've you? been putting off. You know, we could probably actually see when, how long I've been putting this off. Ever since, uh, you know, do you know the web browser Chrome, Dale? Created, created by <laughs> Two, Google. Yeah, I, I'm familiar. Okay. I've, been a, I've been a user of that. Mm-hmm. For a, a long time, and I still I remember the day that they they uh, well I think their password manager came first, which I wholeheartedly, with no reservation, jumped into, and I that's what I use for all my passwords. Uh, just for any hackers out there, uh, that's how you can get all my <laughs> shit. And I remember the day they introduced their little um, <laughs> alert system where they're like, "Hey, you have thirty six compromised passwords that have been found in leaks throughout the internet there we go call that a watchtower chuck see i should have ran this by you first to get the link so they introduced their watchtower and i was like oh wow this is a great idea this is awesome i can't believe how many of my passwords are um dangerously uh leaked or they're (laughs) all the same password that's why and uh but god Boy, did I put that off for years. I mean, I, I know there were a couple days where I was like, I'm going to do this, crack my knuckles. I get one deep and I'm frustrated. Just like <laughs> coming up to some website I haven't been on since I made the account, trying to navigate how, yeah. to, how to change a pa- you know, <clears throat> nightmare. But Dale, I don't know what came over me. I saw that number again. 36 passwords were in trouble. That red. <sighs> that's red that's your whole life is in the dumper. So I did it. Something I, w- happens. I went through every single one. Jesus. I did it. Dude. I did it. That, that's a, that is a feat, yeah. man. We, we uh, what can I do for you to give um, you uh God, I don't know. Can you, you know what you can do? Do they have tasty cakes down there in North Carolina? In some stores. Yeah. We can get the basics. We can't get, we can't get the tasty Claire pie. Okay. Can you, which is a crime. What about the coffee cake? Cause that's what I like. 
Yeah, coffee. Okay. You can get me a coffee cake. That's, yeah. that's you want a coffee cake? That's what you I want. want. Yeah. Okay. I can't get those up here. It's horrifying. Anyway. Oh, I got uh I got an I got another something for you too, Chuck. Yeah. There you go. The wet fart award of the week for updating your passwords. Oh, and the uh and the tasty cakes I'll get. Don't worry. <laughs> I will not forget about Thank you. Um, yeah, it was liberating to, uh, go through all those passwords, um, and <laughs> change them. Thank God. Or delete accounts. Uh, I mean, the best was just deleting accounts if it was easy enough. Oh God. Just delete. Just get out of Wow. Some, when, when a company offers you the ability to just delete oh, your yeah. account. Oh, it's the best. Did you go, did you go with the randomized accounts with the randomized oh, passwords? Yeah. Oh, that's all I do now. Yeah, oh, yeah. you got it. That. You got it. It's the best. Um, oh, but the one, the one thing that did sketch me out, and maybe your expertise, the the thing that sketched me out was going to websites that are no more. You know, like it's a company that's, that's defunct, creepy. and they get a four hundred four or Oof. whatever, or a park domain, and it's like, okay, does that mean my account with that password is still somewhere out there to be had, or? Or should That's I just weird. say it's safe because the company doesn't exist anymore? Or did some company buy them yeah, and they still have that password in some new system? I don't know. So, right? Yeah. If it's parked and not even forwarded to the new company, yeah. I mean, somebody definitely has your data. Somebody, somebody does. But it, it may not be in the in wrong, the wrong hands. It might just be sitting somewhere. Yeah. Somebody's drive. You know, on a server. Yeah, yeah. Server. I guess a server would make more sense. That's. I had never yeah. thought about that. That's crazy. So a couple of those I didn't feel great about, just but I just deleted them out of my life, so I didn't have to see the the marker on my my password. Right. Thing. Yeah, because yeah. you know it's out of your hands yeah. anyway. That's in God's hands. Good for so you. yeah. That's good for you. I dude. mean, I'm feeling a little bit lighter, um, just all around mm-hmm. better, just because I did. <laughs> this is stupid, Dale. Um, Congratulations. Anything, anything you want to talk about? Hmm. You don't have to. You know, I'm so stupid though. I don't know what to say. What is, what is it that you folks want to hear? Okay. No, listen, I know I've talked across, uh, across podcasts at this point, but I finished the Led Zeppelin book today. Okay, good. And, How did uh, you know, most, since we last spoke, yeah. Chuck, to to uh, to have only listened to the downfall of Led Zeppelin <laughs> since we last spoke it's, has been kind of working on me in a in yeah. a way you know I because Chuck I'll tell you how it ends not well <laughs> not good but I was so incensed I wanted to throw any I wanted to unheart the Led Zeppelin music in my oh, Spotify wow. library uh, because at one point I think in seventy five or seventy six seventy seven not before the end. Robert Plant's son dies. Oh, God. Yeah. And only John Bonham went to the funeral. <sighs> These other two mother effers, you can't go to, Dude. they're fucking, like, I was so incensed, I wanted to stop reading the book. And I hope everyone out there becomes just Holy as incensed. Holy shit. It, 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 it rocked my world. Wow. That color, okay. It rocked wow. my world. Now, now there were there are circumstances because they Robert got the call while they were in New Orleans getting ready to go on show that day. 
So they had to fly home. Like Robert flew home and John flew home with him. But, you know, you're fucking Led Zeppelin. You have your own jet. Yeah, they got the plane, right? And the funeral's not for like days, yeah. like two or three days. Yeah. You know, like. What did I they do? What did the other uh, hooligans do? They just stay in New Orleans uh, uh, to party? Like John Paul Jones, like went off to Seattle, like to, you know, some downtime and uh, Jimmy Page, you know, he's probably so out on, out of it on heroin, but still like, oh man, I was, wow. I was irate. I'm still, I'm getting more irate now. now was there, about it, were they like not, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't go to your bandmates on the best son's funeral, yeah. but were they, were they like feuding? Was it like, were they like not on speaking terms already? Or something. Well, that's the, the, I can't, I can't, um, in my mind, there's no excuse. Sure. Absolutely. No, yeah, zero I, excuse. I'm not saying there's but an excuse. I, I, yeah. I think at this point, um, there, I mean, there was definitely some tension in the band and it basically sounded like they didn't socialize outside off the stage, which, you know, is, is mind boggling, but uh, they all had their own things going on and they didn't uh, appreciate each other's time at this point in, in the band. But I mean, like, and then this, the rest of the book after John dies, who, whom they all, all three of the other members went to John's funeral, but uh, <laughs> got it together um, for that one at least. But like the rest of the book is spent like Jimmy Page trying to get a Led Zeppelin thing going here or there and Robert Plant's just checked out like yeah. he's evading and I don't fucking blame him. Like I I mean I, we're like you know it's funny because we are decades we are decades and decades and decades without Led Zeppelin. We had Led Zeppelin for 10 years and now for 50 years we haven't yeah. had Led Zeppelin. So like the world has existed without it for way longer than it has existed but I mean, I don't know, like the, when you get older, like sure, he was like maybe late twenties, early thirties during this time, but you probably, you just like, you get wake, woken up to all this stuff. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, oh, yeah. uh, Hey man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Re reading those books can be dangerous, especially if it's something you love without any baggage. And then you're like, Oh, wild. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like meeting, meeting your and, heroes, you know, it's, it's not always pretty. It's never pretty mm -hmm. actually. It's almost never pretty, but the book over, I had a, I had a great time listening to the book. I mean, you know, you get, uh, it's just, it just why eye opening, like, uh, to, to get some of the ins and outs around the album creation yeah. and stuff like that. And, uh, so, uh, in through the outdoor was the last album that was created, but they were all in such a funk that Jimmy page isn't even credited on all the songs. <laughs> like John Paul Jones like picked up the slack cause everybody's in their funk and Jimmy page is just like strung out yeah. the entire time. Like, he tried to get something going for the band and uh, get some stuff down on studio. And it's, it's just uh it's wild stuff, man. It's wild, wild wow. stuff. I'm ready. I'm ready for the next, whatever the next book, whatever that is, the next book that I can get on my shitty, absolutely zero library count Libby app. <laughs> thanks to wake County <laughs> libraries. There are zero books that I want to listen to on this <laughs> stupid app, but I think like, I, I I can like listen to Dave Grohl's book and Clint and Ron Howard's books. Oh so I, I, I'm like, these are those two books I'm probably going to listen to next. Maybe after I clear some podcasts out of my queue now that I'm done. God. Yeah. Dale, you ever trip. unsubscribe to a podcast? Almost better than uh, deleting an account for a 
oh, a website that you made it, 15 years ago. Dude, it is like, it's like, it's like, like untethering yourself yeah. from Led Zeppelin <laughs> when you, when you delete and you unsubscribe to podcasts that you have just kept in there for, yeah, for posterity. Oh yeah, dude, you nailed it. Like the freeing, the, the, the endorphins oh that get God. released when you click it's on incredible. the delete slash unsubscribe. Are you button. sure? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, honey. Yeah. yeah. Let's get rid of this. Oh, before we, hey, let's do one of these segues that they do. I want to know yeah. the section of this Led Zeppelin book that we don't know the title of the book. How did performance come up in the, in the story of Led Zeppelin? That's what I want to know. I'm glad you asked because I was going to oh, bring good. it up. So, uh, there is a, there is an, an actor in the movie, uh, John Binden, who plays the, he plays one of the gangsters, Moody. Okay. Yeah. Who like has some pretty cool one-off lines in this movie, but he uh, later in the touring, uh, career of Led Zeppelin, they basically all had at least one bodyguard on the payroll. Like every, every member and their manager, Peter Grant had bodyguards on like with them 24 hours a day. And this one guy, John Binden was like Peter Grant's, uh, bodyguard. And he, I mean, he's, he's accredited in like eight or 10 movies, but he, uh, he was an absolute beast of a man. Like he was ruthless and asshole and a piece of crap. And he was one in one of the, um, in Oak, they call it the Oakland debacle in Oakland. He and John Bonham and two other people like ab, like cornered this uh, guy who worked for Bob Graham. Is that his Bill, name? Bob Bill Graham? Graham? The yeah. Bill Graham, uh, Bill Graham, the promoter, uh, Bill Graham's uh, employee, like yelled at Peter Grant's son who was taking like Led Zeppelin memorabilia yeah. off the, off, off the wall or something. And uh, Peter Graham basically sicked, his bodyguard, John Binden and John Bonham <laughs> and, and two other guys. Like <laughs> they absolutely beat him to a bloody pulp. Like they locked him in a trailer. Bill Graham? And oh no, Bill Graham. Uh, no, this guy who yelled oh, okay, at Peter okay. Grant. He was yeah, Bill yeah, Graham's yeah, employee. Okay, right. they, they beat him up, locked him in a trailer. They, they locked him in a trailer and they took turns like beating him with a pipe. Jesus Christ. And, and Bill Graham was so distraught that he like, but uh, he, they had two nights in Oakland and, uh, Bill and Peter Grant brought in a lawyer and, and made Bill Graham sign this thing that, uh, they absolved the band of any responsibilities or they wouldn't do the second show in Oakland oh my God. the next night. So Bill Graham was like over a barrel. Wow. And the only thing that, the only thing that Bill Graham made because Bill Graham felt terrible. And the only thing that made Bill Graham, uh, feel a little better is because he didn't uh the guy who got absolutely pulverized could still bring up charges against the guys just bill graham couldn't do it for the for the arena or something like that but they blackmailed bill graham and saying you're gonna sign this or we're not doing the second show of this arena that was booked and sold out it was incredible and later on in life like i mean i'm talking like four years later john binden like killed a, another gangster wow. in England or something like that. Like he committed murder. He was just an awful wow. person. <laughs> Peter and Peter Grant is a yeah. scary. I mean, all basically all I know about him are his scenes from song remains of the same. And he just, 
his and probably just talking heads on music documentaries saying how scary he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it blows my mind that yeah, he like had how, a, that yeah. he had a bodyguard because of his reputation. I was like, what does Peter Grant have a bodyguard? Mm-hmm. He is the bodyguard. Like what? Right. <laughs> And during this time, he was so strung out on heroin, oh, really? like he would just lock himself in the room and just issue orders through oh John Binden or any of the other God. cronies on, on the payroll. It was, it was a Why mess. Why is this not a it movie was a complete itself? Mess. God damn it. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Yeah. So, uh, so that's John Binden's in this movie performance as a wow. gangster named Moody. That's huge. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so performance, let's get into it. Uh, performance shot in 1968, not released until 1970, directed by Donald Camel and Nicholas Rogue. Is the story about Chaz. He's a member of an East London gang. He's a, he's a, he's a tough guy. He's a, a rougher upper. I think that's the, the London slang, right? Rougher upper? Yeah. When his that's boss has a problem London. with somebody, sends Chaz into make the person feel physical pain so that they do what is expected of them. Um, but Chaz gets mixed. He, 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 he goes a little too far. He gets too big for his, his britches and he, he goes after a, an old friend, uh, who I believe he boxed with as a, as a young buck. Um, but they had some sort of falling out. Chaz, Chaz got out of his place. Uh, and his boss didn't like that. And it ends with uh, Chaz killing the, this old friend. And he's got to, he's got to, he's got to get out of there. Skedaddle. Uh, he knows his yeah. boss is not going to be friendly to him. And he knows the cops are going to be out for him for this murder. It's not looking good. So he, 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 he skips town. And by a twist of fate or strange luck, he finds out. On his way out of the country, he, he's like, oh, wait, I overhear a conversation about an empty basement flat <laughs> in a bad part of London. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to social engineer my way into living in this place. No one will know I'm there. Uh, the people who I'm renting from will think I'm somebody else. My, I, my hair is dyed with red paint. This is the perfect plan. And from there, the movie takes a huge left turn, which we'll get into. Uh, and it's all about identity and Mick Jagger and menage a trois mm. and mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chuck, uh, so you, uh, you knew about this movie, but you hadn't seen this. Yeah. Uh, what did you, what was your, what was the vibe check? What yeah, did you think? I gotta say, I, I was trying to think why I never watched this. And I think it probably had to do with their it being uh, promoted w- with a rock star in the as in an acting role, <laughs> I think that always made me go, "Ah, eh, like what is this? Like, do I want to watch Mick Jagger think he can act for two hours? Like, I didn't, know, I didn't know the story. I didn't know what it was, right? And it, and it is like after watching it now, I can see why. Like, it is a hard movie to describe, and maybe that's whatever description I probably read, it just glossed over like my brain. I, I probably couldn't even like comprehend like <laughs> the stupid, you know, 
hoity-toity bullshit that somebody yeah. wrote about this. <laughs> um, so I don't know. For whatever reason, I always stayed away from it. I always knew about it. It was always like, you know, in the Criterion Collection and stuff. Um, but I'm glad I watched it. Uh, vibe check. I loved, I loved the beginning. I loved the gangster stuff. As, as the so weirdness good. set in, I found myself wanting the gangster movie back and being like, I don't think I like, I don't know how to feel about this turn, but I like it, but I'm going to go with it. And I, I got to say, I was, I, I enjoyed it. I, I gave myself over to it and I, I successfully mm-hmm. transitioned to the second half of this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. It and, is such a weird transition. Yeah. I mean, it's two different movies, it is. like two different vibes. Uh, and, and yeah, and and it is it's it's a weird feeling because that first part is such a good, it is such a good British gangster movie. Like it's it's like it really bang, bang, boom. Like these scenes are coming. You're they're building this this guy's world in front of you, and you're just like, yes, oh my god, keep it coming. Give me more details. Give me little snippets of everything. And the way this thing was edited, who edited this sucker? Uh, Anthony Anthony Gibbs and Brian Smedley Aston. These guys. Oh God, I love, I love this time in movie making when they were like, okay, we've, we've figured out how to edit a movie, but, but we're bored. (laughs) We're bored now. Right. Let's start breaking these rules that we've set up. Let's push it. Let's start doing super quick cuts. Let's start, let's put in a shot from 40 minutes later in the movie. Let's just stick that in here for two seconds. I, I think mm-hmm. there is a shot like that where you see like Mick Jagger like sit on his bed, but you don't see him for another half hour. <laughs> and it's like in the middle of this other stuff. You're like, what the heck? Like what? I know that's Mick Jagger because mm-hmm. he's one of the most famous people in the world. But, uh, but yeah, the editing in this drew me in. I, I yeah, I, I, ah, mm. uh, I, I, I know editing is, is a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I want to say about editing. I don't want to make any, broad generalizations about modern movies or anything, but it is fun to watch filmmakers play around uh, after they shoot a film and play in the editing booth. It's it's just a blast (laughs) to watch something be built, you know, uh, in a strange way. When the, um, when the, when the, uh, the head guy flowers, Harry Flowers is like monologuing and they do some of those editing where it's like the room gets longer and he gets smaller at the end of the hall, like the end of the room and stuff. It was really effective. Like I didn't quite, and you don't have to quite understand what's happening in that process, but the way that's done is like, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, man. It's a, there's like when Flowers is speaking and the other guy like is sitting there and then like blink, he's like covered in sweat and then like the sweat goes away <laughs> again. Like it's a, it's a whole like experimentation of, of uh, the process. Wow. I didn't even notice that sweat. Thing. And I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's during that same, around that same time where like Flowers is, I think they're, they're addressing Chaz directly, yeah. but uh, you know, like the room gets longer after he takes the painting off the mirror oh, yeah, yeah. and he's like facing out, like the room gets, and the room, like the, 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 the movie goes like black and white. It goes like sepia to black and white. And then it, the room gets longer and stuff. Like there's that whole 
that whole scene there, I was like, what is going on with this? But yeah, you nailed it, man. The, uh, I felt the same way. That gangster stuff in the beginning was, it was like a fun, it was like a Guy Ritchie kind of early Guy Ritchie kind of movie. It just felt good. Like it was, uh, you just wanted to root for all the bad guys in the movie. Oh yeah. yeah. And I loved, I loved the charisma of flowers. (laughs) Like I loved whatever he was bringing to the table and like (laughs) dressing down his boys, but in the best way possible. Like he was being super polite about it and just trying to instill them that the, you know, the business is what's important, not personal feelings about Chaz and how he feels about anybody and stuff. But goddamn, it was all so spectacular, like how the uh, they all crowded up in the same room at times and they're like chit-chatting with each other and everybody's got their own personality and Chaz like... Oh, yeah. He obviously, you know, their, their main concern is Chaz ends up like liking this brutalistic stuff <laughs> that he's like doing to his to the people and flowers and crew are like really concerned with that. Yeah. That because he just seems to enjoy it and it's going to get everybody yeah, in trouble. It's funny. Cause you think that's like, this is going to be like, if you, if you didn't know about the other part of this movie, you're like, okay, this is Chaz going too far and liking the sadistic stuff he's doing. Uh, even, even at, you know, even his coworkers who are helping him do this stuff are, you know, you can see it in their eyes. Like, Hey, this guy's, he likes it too much. Like this is his business. You're not yeah. supposed to like uh, maybe pouring acid over the the driver of this guy's car. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love how definitely that guy suffer for it. got. He's like, oh, we only have a couple gallons of that stuff. Like when he was when Chaz was thinking about pouring acid on that guy, he was like, oh, we only oh, have yeah. a couple gallons of those. We don't want to waste it. <laughs> we need it for the car. I was worried yeah. for that scene. I was like, what am I, I going to witness? Poor guy. And then they end up shaving his head with a straight he, razor. Okay. Oh, man. Awful. God. Absolutely no, awful tactic of intimidation. No left. Yeah, total. And, and then you transition to the second part, man. I, I mean, this is, it starts getting into the territory of like over my head kind of stuff, you know, with, uh, some of the some of the goings on in the second half of this movie, but I was here for like this weird buddy friendship, <laughs> like our budding like relationship, yeah. whatever was going yeah. on. I may not have like been on board with, um, you know, some of the weird like rhetorical questions. Like they didn't really ever have a conversation. Like they just it was like a conversation that made sense only to the people in the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but I still like, you could still from the context of the scene and, and, uh, like the vibes, the violent, you can say vibes 20 times. Um, from the context you could extract, like I, I really liked it. And that's, that says a lot, I think, because usually, you know, when, once you start getting into that territory where I feel like I'm intimidated and it's over my head and I can't, I can't look into the themes of yeah. what's going on. You know, I start to get apprehensive about liking something, yeah. but I really I, liked it. It, it, it walked, it, it did a pretty good job straddling that line. Cause I, I am the same way. Like it, mm-hmm. it got so yeah. close to me checking out. Like I was like, all right, this is, you know, this is so close to art school bullshit like that. I don't, I'm, it's yes. so close, yes. but it, but it, it did a really good job of not 
um, I don't know, not taking itself too seriously, but, 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 uh, it, it never like it, it, it never felt like it was up its own ass, even though a lot of critics probably thought it was <laughs> reading some of the reviews of the, uh, the day of 1970 reviews. Uh, nobody like no critic seemed to have liked this movie at all. No. Um, yeah, no, no, it was bad for everybody back then. Um, but, but it, it, you know, it, it made me do a little research and, you know, it seemed like this was a bit, this was like Donald Camel wrote, wrote this movie. Uh, and he was very influenced by, what's his name? Uh, Jorge Luis Borjas. Very famous. Oh yeah. Did you ever, did you ever read any of his stuff, Dale? Me neither. Mm-mm. Um, no, but I, but I, I, for the listeners, I, I, I did a little cram school. It's just read, and I still, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm going to explain Borjas to you, but he, he's, uh, he's kind of the father of magical realism. He, he, he wrote poems and very short stories that I, uh, just from my quick research, it's sort of like his writing is sort of like an, the equivalent to an MC Escher drawing. So he, he would write about fantastical people and ideas that can't exist in real life. Hmm. Uh, okay. I, I, one of the most common things I saw reference was like a, a disc with only one side. Like that was in one of his short stories. Like, like that can't like, oh. you know, you describe that in a book, like you can picture it in your mind, but it's not a real thing that can physically exist. Um, stuff like that. And, and it's a lot about identity, which is with, which I think performance takes a lot from, cause it, it is, we, wh- what happens yeah. is we watch Chaz go in this very hardened, macho male, tough guy, sadistic gangster. And we see his ego and psyche kind of broken down, um, because yeah. Mick Jagger and his one girlfriend, they think it, they think it's fun they think it would be fun to sort of bore into his mind. <laughs> I think they literally say, we just want to bore into your brain and have a look around. So yes. they, they feed him yeah. mushrooms. They play dress up with him. Uh, and, and he ends up, they like almost him. becoming Mick Jagger in a way. Like it, they, they have him wearing a wig for a lot, a long part of the movie and like makeup and stuff. And it's, he gets very effeminate, like Mick Jagger dress. And it's like, and like we'll talk about the very the last shot of the movie, um, which is supposed to be the big uh, holy shit uh, moment. Um, but it is play. But it is it it is genuinely interesting to see this guy, yeah, <laughs> uh, sort of just like have his mind turned inside out. And it's not like like I say that it's not like it, it is not done in like a hippy dippy, you know, swirling colors way. Yeah, it's it, it's it's. It's all done with, you know, with actual stuff in yeah. this, in this weird apartment building and, you know, just, the, just the, this weird bohemian conversations. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Conversation, sex, <laughs> a lot of sex in this, uh, and drugs. I mean, everyone's doing drugs, but yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I, I applaud it for not, you know getting too hippy dippy. Maybe that's the thing that I like about it. it is it's, it's kind of a psychedelic movie without using any, uh, falling back on any bright colors necessarily or, uh, special effects. I think, I think you're, yeah, I think you're 
absolutely getting to the root of what, yeah, I think exactly that. And that's why I was able to hang on like I did as well, because it just didn't get crazy with the, you know, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, oil and, yeah. <laughs> uh, oil on a projection screen. Like, you know, it's because it could have easily been that for a film movie that was filmed in 1968. Like it could have been somebody's interpretation of, yeah, you know, boring into somebody's psyche or something, but it was really like, a a, a weird docile, like slice of life yeah. in this fantastical rocks shut in rock stars house where, you know, this is the way they live. Like this is their lifestyle. Yeah. They do drugs and they buy pork all day and they're like half naked and he's doing some stuff to the, like the whole, the whole movie is scored with like this Moroccan, these Moroccan beats and oh, like yeah. these Indian kind of sounding beats. And it's just like, Jesus, like I want to be there the whole time and like have my big belly out and you know, play the keyboard <laughs> with my feet or whatever, like whatever Mick Jagger was doing. I was like, I'm ready because these guys are so, these guys are so accepting. I want to give it a try too. Like yeah. if they can like accept Chaz. Yeah, I know it's yeah. cra- it's crazy how like this just these two lifestyles are like you know uh, end up like experimenting like you know they they kind of like they're they 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 bring Chaz in knowing he's a full on liar yeah. about who he is and uh, they're just gonna you know they're gonna start playing with that but not in a super malicious way they're not like um trying to get at him for the wrong reasons I, they're just yeah trying I mean to, like, I think they were I think deal. they even though they're the shut-ins <laughs> well Mick Jagger is the shut-in like who is too afraid to go outside I think he you know he's still in that that minds that that mindset of oh he, he's an enlightened one so I, I think when he became interested in in Chaz he's like oh I'm gonna do him a favor and open his mind up um you know yeah like I'm gonna show was, him yeah. how ridiculous right. his role uh, you know his perceived role in the world is and you know, his, his gender, everything about him, his place in the world, um, through feeding him mushrooms, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I, and there isn't, there's almost like an Alice through the looking glass thing. Cause it, like, it occurred to me like how it's not a quick change, but like when he first walks up to the building, you know, he's in like the seedy part of town and all the locals are like, kind of like peeping out their windows at him because they know he's an outsider. You know, this is like a, it's clear this is a part of town. You're you're only in, if you live there, nobody comes here to hang out. Nobody is doing tourism stuff. You know, it's that vibe where everyone in the street is like, who's this guy, you know? And as he goes into the, you know, he slowly, it's this horrible looking hallway. And then he gets to the basement apartment. It's like, okay, yeah, this is like, this looks like the guy I saw in the train station who I overheard. This like fake Jimi Hendrix guy. This looks like his apartment. And then as he gets introduced to more and more of the building, it's like, it's like full on, this is a whole world in here that, you know, it's, it's clear these people never leave. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's like self-sustaining yeah, in I, there. I couldn't imagine, I, I couldn't uh, imagine the smells of body odor and everything. <laughs> oh my just God. Dirty sheets, yes. just everything. Um, Yes. Oh, but baths, the amount of baths that we saw taken in this movie. I wanted to take a bath. 
uh, I never wanted yeah. to take a bath more. Take a bath. I mean, this, the, the tile work oh in God, this beautiful yeah. bath, big enough for two and a half, maybe <laughs> yeah. three, because confirmed three fit in there, but you're definitely like <laughs> jamming your toe somewhere you shouldn't be. When they showed that, that tub drain. Or cutting somebody's leg with your disgusting toe. When they showed the tub drain, I was like, oh, wow, that is not, that does not look comfortable to sit in. It's all, it's all right angles. It's just a box. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. No, that's uh. yeah. No. Oh my God. That is not yeah. the way to bathe. No, that is not comfortable. <laughs> oh God. But it's probably all prestigious tile work, you know, like uh beautiful imported tiles. That's what, that's yeah. why. Set decorator must have had a blast. There was so it was just like. Every every corner of the frame was like fill, filled with some amazing thing, like a bearskin rug. Like a it felt like a South yeah, American. It felt like blankets. a genuine lived in home in 1968. Yeah. Like this was a scene. Yeah, and everybody was into it. This is just like every home in 1968 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the rich at rock stars. And uh, we keep calling him Mick. What was his name? Um, it was Turner, a Turner. Turner. His like his studio like. Is like uh, I want my I want Toby, my brother Toby, to watch this because he there's there's one scene where he's doing um synthesizer. What's the what's that called? The um synthesizer where you're un, uh, plugging and unplugging patch cables. He's got these oh. like, three huge things there with all these modules. Um, yeah, just all this great equipment, and mm. I was dying to see a band come in there and play. I mean. We do get some good music. We get oh, yeah. basically a music video uh, at one point in the movie. This turned my world <laughs> upside down when we saw it. This was, yeah. I mean, this was a full song. Yeah. yeah. This was a full, it wasn't just like a, a, a 15 second skit. This was a three and a half minute, four and a half minute Mick Jagger song slash music video where he became Flowers. Yeah. And he was like the head of this mob in, in this music video. It was a music video. Yeah. Like, this was like the first precursor to music videos. Yeah. And I was into it. Like, Mick Jagger never looked better. He was, he looked like a totally different person, all cleaned up and. Yeah. Like, and like, he, he could, t- he was singing. at home in that scene, like, cause he's, he gets to be what he does is performing and singing. Like, even though he's like lip syncing, it's like, oh, okay. Like you could tell he was at ease. Like, oh, yeah, Cause he is, is not, I don't care if people are good actors or not, but it is like, it's obvious that he's not like at the same level as like, um, James Fox. We should, I, I gotta say James Fox. Yeah. I, I, I feel Love bad. Him. I don't really know this guy. Holy crap. He, I, I was his before. I was fucking was amazing to him. I want more of him. Oh my God. Yeah. So good. After this movie, he left the business really? to become like a hardcore born again oh. Christian. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I think he came back, uh, he found his way back into acting. I don't know if he was still kept up with the religious aspects or whatever, but uh, he was in uh, a bit of movies before this. And then after this, he took a break and yeah, like born again, hardcore. That's what happens when you make a um, movie with so this on set. Yeah. Yeah, and man. Performance did it. Like, this movie sounds so wild that the, uh, the, the main, the blonde, uh, Ferber, 
that Turner was with, this was in real life Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like spouse or live in Anita whatever. Pallenberg. But did you read her whole Wikipedia? Wow. What a life yeah, lived there. Like and before Keith Richards was Brian Jones yeah. of the Stones. Stones. Like this is this is a whole thing. So Keith, during the filming of this movie, Keith Richards like sat out in front of like the movie set in his car in front of yeah, his house. Because he heard rumors. Like, he was so. That, uh, Anita and Mick were getting a little yeah. too cozy. <laughs> Which, I, like, I mean. The, the, the sex yeah. scenes were possibly real. Yeah. And was that her licking uh, Mick's lips that we got those close-ups of? <laughs> I had to have been. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Right. Whew. Unsimulated lip licking. How about the standout star Lorraine, the the like eleven or nine oh year old Lorraine, yeah. who uh, is like the little. There's so much happening this in this, but dig. but Lorraine, it's like oh my god, like that is a whole other movie that I would love to experience. This this little girl who's like yeah the, the best. <laughs> I'd still blew my mind when she like she came, she was off camera asking if she could come in and turn down Chaz's room, and he's like oh maybe later. And it still it didn't occur to me that it was that little girl. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. <laughs> she's like the first uh the first we yeah. see her, she's got like this fake mustache <laughs> on and uh she's like offering to get Chaz some tea for like five bob. Yeah. <laughs> she's like negotiating the price. She was amazing. She was like a little uh confident yeah it was never a little thing just, just holding her own in this world where she's probably got a parent herself because the adults in this house are in by no means capable of yeah. parenting that's the thing like where maybe that was she did she live with her mom in another apartment in this building and that's why she would just sort of like come <laughs> yeah, in and out great question <laughs> that's God a knows. great question love it um I'm just reading that uh, Ian McShane contributes a voice role, an uncredited oh, voice wow. role. Ian McShane in this movie—that's random, super random. Huh. Um, Chaz, yeah, Chaz is uh, when he gets the mushroom fed to him, and Mick Turner is like asking Ferber, like, "How much did you give him?" She's like, two thirds of one of the big <laughs> yeah. ones." He's like, "I that's- can't." I can't get into that yeah. scene, man. Like he is like, he is yeah, not ready like, he shouldn't. to whatever is about That's to happen. He shouldn't have done that. Yes. And it's yes. hard. So like, okay. So Turner, it's a tough nut to crack. So yes, he's like a reclusive rock star, but he, he's, and, and there's a lot of dialogue where the girls he's living with are sort of explaining that he, the reason he is living like this is because he lost his demon. There, there's so much, in the dialogue that's all like, I mean, everything in this movie is a meta is metaphor basically. It, it's, and I yeah, think that it, yeah. it's the, the Burroughs, uh, influence again, like that, that's kind of the idea I get from him. Just my little research is that he's all about language as, as metaphor and not taking mm. words as literally as we do in modern day. Um, so, so yeah, like I, I, my mind was like, going crazy trying to figure out what <laughs> Jagger's character represented. Mm-hmm. Cause he is like, he's almost like a devil character. Um, shapeshifter. He's all, they always showed him skulking around rooms coming out of shadows. The, fr- and I mean the biggest, like after the end of the movie in my mind, when I went back, I was like, Oh, the first time 
Turner and uh, Chaz see each other is in a mirror on the ceiling. It's the first time they lay eyes on each other. So it's like big, oh, heavy metaphor there holy crap. <laughs> that these two are yeah. other sides to maybe the same coin somehow. How about that, uh, that other scene where Chaz and Ferber are like in bed, you know, grab ass and around, yeah. like not doing it, but naked with each other. And Ferber is like holding that mirror up to oh, Chaz's parts of the body, but her amazing. body parts are reflected onto, I, I'm getting chills. Like I was like, this <laughs> yeah. is, this is amazing. She, she like scene put her tit on right his now. tit <laughs> and her. And like it showed yeah. her, her boob is now his yeah. boob. Like it was awesome. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah. In- incredible. How uh, about I couldn't say the word tit just there. I had to say. Why did I say tit? And then I, I just said tip. I kind of felt like you threw me I mean, under the bus. Like a, <laughs> I feel like the old creep in the room. Um, God. The, uh, yeah, it, it is weird. It's like two great movies that somehow are joined together in the middle. <laughs> two very yeah. different movies, almost. Uh, uh, Marlon Brando was, was at one point supposed to play Chaz, which would have been, probably wouldn't be good, but very different. I don't know if I would have liked it as much. <laughs> I mean, I love Marlon Brando, but yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he would have had an accent. He probably wouldn't have had an accent, right? I mean, that's <sighs> yeah, such a know. random. I love the history of this where it was like, it was first imagined as like a happy go lucky hard day's night, mm-hmm. like Rolling Stones version of hard day's night. And that's what Warner brothers thought they were buying, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> right. Until the screening, <laughs> until they screened the movie. Oh, I love it. <laughs> One of the uh, executives' wives per- supposedly <laughs> threw up while watching this movie in the screening room. I love that story, like it even was if that. it's not real, but that's great. I know. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, they, sh- but they shelved this thing for two years and then they... They didn't know what to do with it. They replaced a lot of the, the accented voices to make them more clear. I'm guessing what we watched was the... Um, you know, fast forward to more recent Re, times. They, they restored everything. Yeah, like restore to. Mm-hmm. So, so Chaz's ultimate goal was he like as much as the allure of him remaining a, a you know a tenant here in the house. He was trying to get himself a passport to get across the sea so he could ultimately you know run away from whatever's pursuing him. But you know the uh, the gangsters get to his uh, close confidant slash quote nephew uh and basically he he outs himself where he can be found so the gangsters show up at turner's house and uh, looking for chaz and they're basically like chaz you know you come with us and it's i mean chaz knows he's done for it's clear there's you know 12 gangsters there ready to take him away in a car like they he knows what's happening (laughs) even though he's like half he's like in a wig and makeup and he's Probably oh, still on mushrooms, man. like he's like. <laughs> it's like uh, the, the 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 real world came, you know, flying back. Um, it it was it's crazy to me what uh, what these guys thought. Yeah, they know Chaz up until he disappears, and the next time they see Chaz, he's he's like a woman, like he's a completely different gender yeah. and and person. You know, it's, it's, and what's it's weird though, is that nobody, nobody remarks on it, right? No, they don't. That's the other thing about like, like what's going on here? Like, what are like, like, oh. are, are we seeing what they're seeing? Like, 
Like who were, who were they seeing? <laughs> Cause it seemed like no one was reacting to his appearance at all. Even though he looked, he looked to insane. A, to a degree. Like, especially right. in yeah. 1968 London. Like he looked insane. Um, the wig work alone. That wig. Oh my God. That was, I mean, I, it was like uh, bosom buddies. <laughs> that wig. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah that wig. They fa- found that wig in a gutter. D- dude. You're just, you're like opening my eyes a little bit here. Yeah. Well, they, cause I was going to latch on to you, but they don't react. And these are the kind of guys that would react. Oh, they would say something homophobic, right? <laughs> Even though, though I, yeah. I just want to go back. Speaking of homophobic, I want to go back. I loved how they illustrated how powerful flowers was because he openly had his, uh, cabana boy washing up in the room and he was looking at gay porn magazines on the bed with all his minions around him. And that like, they're showing how powerful he is in the gang. Like, you know, it's like, he's, he's clearly gay, but in this world that would not be accepted. But since he's on top, nobody says a word. Also, uh, uh, along with the gay porn special appearance by strange tales, number one sixty eight. One of the gangsters was reading. Oh my God. Yeah. I saw uh, that. Dr. Strange, strange tales uh, issued number one sixty eight. You can't get a comic book by us. You put a comic in that movie, it sticks yeah, out like a sore I, thumb. I had, I dug deep. I was like, what is the symbolism here <laughs> with Doctor, with Strange Tales 168? You know, I was, I read the plot of Strange Tales 168 yeah. and I'd still, I, I don't which, know. Which, I don't I know, mean, it, but. You, you wouldn't be remiss to think that because like, speaking of Borges, again, I don't know if I'm saying it right. He shows up, like one of his books is laying on the ground and spoilers mm-hmm. when uh, Chaz shoots um, Mick Jagger in the head. And the Turner. Tan- Turner and the camera goes into the bullet hole. We see a picture of Borjos. That's that old man you see real quick. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. him. So, so, okay. Back to. Don't. Okay. Do not Chaz, expect me to explain. No. Uh, okay. No, but okay, I need to, I need your about, take. Cause I, talk it out. Probably, Chaz emerges from uh, whatever squalor, like you know broom closet he's high in and he greets his former work co-workers uh-huh. and uh he says you know let me run upstairs get my stuff give me two minutes or you're gonna have to you know do me yeah. right here like i'm you can kill me here and explain to flowers why you had to kill me or you can give me a, a couple minutes to get my stuff and yeah. you know and i'll come back yeah. down he goes upstairs dressed as he is shoots Turner in the head. Well, I think I, I don't remember much dialogue from movie, this movie from any movie, but this is kind of important because before he shoots him, he's like, it, it uh, Chaz is like, I gotta go. I can't hang out with you guys anymore. And Turner's like, Oh, I'm not done. We're not done here. And he says something like, I'm coming with you. Uh, and I think Chaz, some, he says something like you, you've never been where I'm going or something like that. And then there's no, mm-hmm. there's no resolution in that conversation because all of a sudden Chaz makes the decision, okay, you're coming with me. And what that means is you have to die. Cause I'm going to die and we're both dying, uh, one way or another. Oh my God. That's, that's how I read it. Okay. Um, Holy shit. Then dude. after that. The gangsters lead Chaz out, but the one lieutenant there is going around looking through all through the building, and he finds uh, Turner dead in a closet. 
Okay. Which, yeah, we saw him get shot. Okay, he's dead in a closet. Mm-hmm. And then we follow them leading Chaz outside of the car, put him in the car. Flowers says, oh, hey, Chaz. No remark. Or Does he make a remark in his appearance then? I can't remember. He might have. But then we see him turn to look out the window, and it's Turner's face. It's, it's Mick yeah, Jagger. With the wig face. On. And that's the big. And he's got the brown robe yeah, on. That's the big. Holy shit. Uh, hey, you fucked our minds up, you know, with this bleeding movie. <laughs> you don't believe, man, when I got cooking over here. <laughs> you know, Chuck, you got to put your lips out. I can't do it. I can't. You do it. You understand what I'm doing, like, you know, and I look out the window, like, and then you see me. It's just, just really, mate. When you see me, I'm Chaz, you understand. Uh, let's touch on the music a little bit. Well, should we? is there anything else to say about that ending? Like, I, 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 I don't have any other insight into what okay. I've decided it is beyond what I've said, I think. Um, and I think that's, I, th- I think it did a good job presenting a question at the end, which I think it's, you know, it's, okay. that's what the movie is doing. It's asking us some sort of question about identity and I don't know. Who are we, Dale? Sorry. Christ. Cut this that is, out. This is, I mean, can we get uh Mick Jagger to please explain? I need like concrete Mick. what actually yeah. happened here. But I, okay. I'm a, but. but. Get, even with that, I still loved it. Even with the the weird, I loved it. I over my head ending. Surprised. But let's let's talk about the music. Let's talk about let's talk about the uh, the book and Randy Newman song that they play for five seconds at the beginning and ending of the movie. <laughs> like yeah, they, they, like there's this whole original song made by Randy Newman, and they don't even use it. Like this is early Randy Newman before, you know. He, yeah, this is like he was Randy Newman. This is what he did. He did soundtrack work, I think, because his dad did soundtracks and he kind of got into the biz before he became the Randy Newman we know. But yeah, I, I don't, I'm, did, so did they get, so, okay, the Stones were supposed to do the soundtrack. They didn't because they were not in a good place. They didn't. And, but they did have the one song memo from Turner, which I, which I don't understand. Yeah. The, which is the music I think video it was written for this, and it sound it is you know it's Mick Jagger singing, and I, I think th- if I understand what happened, they there is a version of this song that the Stones recorded, but that's not. But it's mm. only the uh, mixed vocal take that we hear, and they re-recorded the music in L.A. with Ry Cooter and this the rest <laughs> of this band of of. Of cocktail the movie, yeah, fame, yeah, yeah. Rye yeah Cooter. Rye Cooter. <laughs> when but I read that, like, I was like, the, the the they could have done a fake Stones album. Like, I mean, it sounds like that era, yeah, Stones. Like, it, it's insane, right? All I want to do is listen to the Rolling Stones now <laughs> because of this movie. Because this was like Rolling Stones album. I know. Like, if you told me, yeah, the Rolling Stones did the soundtrack, I'd probably believe you because I can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that yeah, that song's amazing. Memo from Turner. It was released as a single, credited to Mick. Again, I don't know if there was like Random. legal things going on here. Like, I don't know. Um, or maybe the Stones were just fighting. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, 
Who yeah. knows? And Randy Newman's playing piano all over this thing, I guess. I, it's so weird that like you know, Randy Newman's like pumping out this like kind of like hard rocking song, which doesn't really match the rest of the movie. Yeah. And in the beginning, it's just like it's it's like introing a podcast. Like our <laughs> intro song is we use more of our intro song than Randy Newman. <laughs> they used yeah. Randy Newman's song at the beginning of this movie. And then the rest of the movie like doesn't set the pacing or the the, the tone is way off from the this Randy Newman song. It's very odd. Yeah. I love but it's but it was there good. There's some good early synth stuff in here too. I loved Yeah. Especially in the gangster stuff. I loved when they had that high pitched synth thing that kept creeping in. Oh yeah, dude. And mm-hmm. it, it made and it you was feel like uneasy. Persistent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was persistent. Yeah. I, I was so into that stuff. Oh man. Mm. Um and I loved the I loved I, I don't even see it listed on the soundtrack, but that when we see Mick Jagger just pick play that acoustic guitar and play that sort of like stilted blues thing he does. And I love that. But that mm-hmm. was that was awesome. Like that was good. Yeah. And that was good two and a half yeah. minutes of just him doing that. He was in his element. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I loved it. And 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 you know, like I I mentioned earlier, but it was like this Mara it was like the sitar strumming or something that was like prevalent through a lot of the scenes in the house. It was just there under the conversation, man. I was just like, this is a, I was into this. I was into it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to soundtrack my life when I'm just sitting here working from home doing whatever. Um, I, uh, I'm not like an Alan Moore hater by any means, but I haven't read, I haven't read leave extraordinary gentlemen since like the first series, but did you read that they did like the, like Alamore wrote uh what's what happened to his, uh uh to his demon to Turner's, to Turner's demon. demon like yeah but basically what happens leading up to this movie and one of the in uh League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Volume 3 I was like holy crap yeah. this is I mean I you know I believe Alamore I would read the crap out of that book cuz I bet you I'm it's amazing see if that's on a hoopla I think it is Yeah there's been a lot of people uh yeah, this has been referenced a lot in movies and music and stuff. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, how about the, uh, like that, uh, the big, big audio dynamite song has <laughs> like quotes of oh, this yeah. movie all throughout. I want to, I got to go back and listen to E equals yeah, MC I know. squared because I, I just, I love that song, but not for the reasons of performance. Like it's yeah, not a performance sounding <laughs> song, but there's like performance dialogue throughout throughout it i guess i did and i did like this this also made me want to watch british gangster movies from the 70s because i did i think like five ten years Mm -hmm. ago i did a run where i watched a lot of them but i I want to go back did you like to go back yeah maybe we should go back on this podcast uh, because that's ripe for us you know what i'm saying (sighs) absolutely um oh wow we are running long Let's, uh, you can tell we like this one. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. I I know. Uh, I don't know. I liked it. F you haters. I loved it. Yep. Sorry guys. I'm sorry that we, this is the biggest move we've ever done, but, uh, (laughs) we loved it. I love, uh, Dale, I love when you accidentally pick a a well-respected piece of cinema (laughs) (laughs) and I always keep it close to the chest. I always keep it close to the chest here because I love because I want, because I mean, if I haven't seen it, I want to watch it. But I also love, right. with, like Spirit of the Beehive. I like watching you experience new things. So, 
I don't say anything. You're like, oh, 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 I think I've heard of the little teeny tiny crappy movie performance. I think I heard maybe that maybe something was about like something about the movie rings true with me. I can't quite remember. Meanwhile, it's like in film studies class. Man, Anita Pallenberg. I see. I I'm I was always a Beatles guy. So like. Stone's history, I'm not super up on, but she, it sounded like she had a huge influence on that band uh, for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. They, I mean, there's quotes from, from band members and people around the band who said she was kind of, she was basically a member of the band. She was so influential and entwined with them. Whoa. Whoa. That's yeah. amazing. And she was in Barbarella. Electric Barbarella. <laughs> My God, I haven't heard that so all right this week uh this week folks we have one message one voicemail i'm gonna play i'm gonna play it now okay. oh and, and and if you want to call 315-544-0966 bat and spider pod at gmail.com crap and spooter mm, are you are we <laughs> okay voicemail Oh my God, he's back. Oh my God. It's the 2B werewolf strikes again. <laughs> Our lupine 2B friend. <laughs> we did not put the 2B the werewolf no. up to this. Trust no. us. But I, I am, if I do a caller ID check, it, this is coming from 2B HQ. I just, I didn't want to okay. say that. All right. All right. Man, how many full moons do we have this month? Good Lord. I hope. I hope 30. Got a weekly yeah. new moon. I hope so. Holy crap. I am shook right now. Got chills. But I feel this is like, this is a renewed energy yeah. for us. This is oh, good yeah. for us. It's, it's, this is the yeah. supernatural. Uh, this is the underworld. This is the, the people from the dark reaching out to us and giving us a nod. This is a hat tip, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You nailed it. All right. So uh, that's it. So that, that was it. Um, to be werewolf. Thank you once again. Yeah. Chuck. God bless. 148 will be okay, picked all right. by you. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I got one picked. So yes. a little setup here. I've been reading a lot of manga by Kazuo Yumez. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Incredible. He's, he's becoming fast. One of my favorite cartoonists. Um, he did, uh, he worked in the, I guess, 60s, 70s, 80s were his big time, did horror manga. Um, and he, mm-hmm. I found out he was involved um, in the creation of a movie from 1968 called The Snake Girl and the Silver-Haired Witch. Oh, look at this poster. Yeah. It looks like a oh modern goodness. Up until, it, yeah, it looks like a, yeah. It does, like a special slipcase yeah. art guest artist. Up until this point, young Sayori Nanjo has had to live most of her life in a nun-run boarding school for orphans and away from her parents. That's all about to change when her real father mysteriously comes to get her and finally bring her home. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, Yumez is credited as a co-writer on this movie. Um Directed by Noriyaki Iwasa. Uh, yeah, and it's, you know, I, I, 
judging from some of the reviews of people I follow, this is this could be a, a very fun movie mm-hmm. to watch. Um, oh, and it is on Shutter, which we can put those Shutter subscriptions to use. Because <laughs> I God. certainly need to. <laughs> Thank God. I don't know when. I- Shutter, you're my all-time favorite, but I don't know when I pay for you. It must be once a year. I think I did it. Uh, I get no reminders. I did it yearly. I, I, you know. I paid for a year because they had some deal a few months ago. It was like 40 they bucks had a deal. Something. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, Shutter, Arrow, this looks... So is this a movie movie? Yeah, it's a movie, uh, movie. I can't tell by this movie poster. 82 minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Are we doing this movie every week? <laughs> no, not two. But did it? Did I say two minutes? Eighty-two minutes. Eighty-two minutes. Gosh, should yeah. I pick a, a two-minute movie next time? <laughs> oh, go to hit the IMDb Let's link see. and you, you'll see the fucking real poster for this shit. Wow! Now I'm hyped. 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 Oh yeah! Look at this! Look at the silver-haired witch on this <laughs> yeah, movie poster. Not Holy shit. Yes. This is going to be 82 minutes of feast your eyes on the subtitles. Okay. <laughs> Just to warn you guys, I can feel it in my bones already. I know. I always feel bad when I pick a subtitle movie for you because I know you're off. The, the, Do not feel okay. bad, All Chuck. Right. I, won't, I won't feel bad. Come on. Oh, yeah. So it is like it's an adaptation of two show, shoujo horror manga. So I think it might be two stories in one, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Next week. We're going to yeah. see. We're going to see next week. Folks, batandspider.com for all your bat and spider needs. Check out our Discord. You can get an invite online at batandspider.com. Join our Discord because we love it there. And check out our Kofi, co-fi.com slash batandspider. Um, Chuck, any, any parting words? Or uh, you just want to say you love me? What? Yeah, I do want to say I love you. Um, Good. Respect. I saw, uh, I watched Can't Hardly Wait for the first time this week. I can't wait. Hardly wait. You, you, you're going to close the show as the, as the theme song is winding down? I pledge myself to this movie. Can't really? Do you wait. love? So that's the thing is I, I, only ever saw the end credits cleaning the theaters so i have no nostalgia for this thing i have no yeah. ties to it i was when this came out i was already like oh i watch criterion movies i'm not i don't watch the movies mm-hmm. i should be watching you know when i'm a teenager mm-hmm. I, I get that dude. I, I lived, uh, yeah a nightmare i'm a nightmare person um but yeah it's it's good and fine it's i, I wish i had more of a uh I'm sure I would have enjoyed it more if it was like part of my growing up, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. There's, there's a fun stuff in it for sure. There's fun. It's a great movie. I, I graduated the summer. Oh, the movie came God. out. Yeah. So it was just like, man, that I could listen to that replacement song and like probably start to cry sometimes <sighs> listening to it just because that's, it's not just about the movie. It's about, me being young and making choices and whatever, like, you know, it's all encompassing around can't hardly wait. 
Did is can't hardly wait. Uh, am I revealing that can't hardly wait is the linchpin to my entire psyche? Uh, fragile as it is, maybe. But at least it's can't hardly wait yeah. that that it's that movie is that the sound, linchpin. I would I would not pick any other movie soundtrack to be was the wild, linchpin. Though. Just like I think I had three oh, Smash Mouth yeah. songs on it, Dale. It was insane. <laughs> not all the songs made it to the uh, the, the actual movie soundtrack. Oh oh, to yeah. the disc. You mean? Oh wow. Yeah, to the disc. Because it's just like, I don't think they even had a, a, a score on this movie. It was all soundtrack. It was all pop songs. All of oh. it. Oh, yeah. Just like one after another. Oh, one yeah. One after another. <laughs> uh-huh. It was nuts. Nuts. Well, good on you. Wow. This is yeah. news. I Jeez, yeah. where's my 4K of Can't Hardly no. Wait? Amanda. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. Her hair my is insane love of my life. in this movie. Jennifer loves hair. Insanely it's good. It's like a Texas insanely beauty good. queen haircut she had. It was insane. <laughs> the end of the movie at the train station, her hair, she has a cool haircut and all of a sudden it's like, oh, she looks cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm ruining your all life. Of a sudden, all of a sudden, <laughs> take this mug and smash it against my own skull. A Jenna Elfman out of nowhere. As the, uh, I know, Jenna Elfman, uh, shout out. Angel lady. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Shout out to Dharma and Greg. Shout out to Dharma and Greg. My God. The real yeah. one. Shout out to, uh, what? Keeping the faith. <laughs> I don't remember that one. You know? <laughs> Jenna Elfman, uh, Ben Stiller, Edward Norton, Love Triangle. Oh my God. Movie. It's a good movie. I like it. I liked it 20 yeah. some years ago. Oh right. God! God. I feel good now. You you watched Can't Hardly Wait. Did you watch it with Melissa? Oh yeah, it was her idea because it's one of her favorite teen movies. So, my God! Yeah, it was one of those. Wait, you never seen Can't Hardly Wait? You know, it was one of those. So, oh yeah. All right. So your your smart ass smirk <laughs> no. you probably had right. No, like, I was very polite. All right. I was like, let's put it no, on. No, no, no. I was excited because I, you know, because I'm a new person. I'm a I'm a different person than I was. I'm ready. I'm ready to watch the bullshit, you know? You know what song's not on CD? What? Dire Straits, Romeo and Juliet. Oh my God. Not Can I tell CD? you something embarrassing? It's the, most, it's the most powerful song in the movie. You cried. It, it's a good song, but what's really embarrassing is when that came on, I, I like, is this Bob Dylan? I asked if this was Bob Dylan. Oh. And then when I saw it was Dire Straits, That's I felt okay. really stupid. That's the first uh, time I had heard the song, but it, you know, affected me. <sighs> Julius says, hey, Romeo, you nearly give me a heart attack. My God. I See, I should have talked about this instead of my stupid passwords. God damn it. I don't care if this episode is over one hour and 20 minutes now. Man. I can't hardly wait. I can't wait. Hardly wait. I can't wait. Oh, and when he goes to the train station, what's her name? Uh, sorry, I'm just like Lauren Ambrose. She is great. Oh, yeah, she was might have been my favorite person. It's amazing because she gets she gets uh, Seth Green to drop his his accent. Seth Green started talking normal, like a normal white kid. I was like, okay, all right, all right, movie. Mm -hmm. 
You win this round. You're like Lauren Amber's respect. Yeah, respect. I did like that. I like that then, was probably my favorite. Those two. That was my favorite thing when they have sex, and it's not this like big emotional over the moon thing. It was like, oh, that that's it. I did. I did appreciate that. That the uh, mm-hmm. you know, kids seeing this in 1998 were seeing that. Oh, it's not. You know, it's, it's not. Yeah. A, it's not going to be some magic moment. It doesn't have to be that. And it's not all, it's almost never that. It's just, it is what it is. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I appreciate yeah, that's, that. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm. A Jason Siegel being in there? Didn't expect that. Yeah. A young Jason Siegel yeah. in there? Jeez. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Melissa Joan, Melissa owns my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Presley is in there. One of the girlfriends. One of the jocks' oh, girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, I was a little mad. We never heard. I know it was part of the joke that we never heard the band play the was it Love Burger, but I really <laughs> wanted to hear them play. Yeah, really wanted to hear them play. But. Right, Brecken Meyer. Brecken. Okay. Anybody order a Love Burger? Well done. I love his whatever that suit is he's wearing. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and Jerry it's like O'Connell big break. goes up. Trip McNeely. Yeah. Trip McNeely. <laughs> and uh, Sher- the Shermanator. Shermanator's in it. Wait, who's that? He like steals the gumball machine at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a klepto guy. I love the, uh, the, the kid from Hook, his two nerd friends who were like, they both look like they were 35. <laughs> and they're on the roof the whole movie. <laughs> and they're just like looking down at his their boy like he's yeah. having the greatest night of his life you know what i mean he's got no control over what's happening but through he's a victim of circumstance and he ends up just having yeah. a blast uh you could get addicted he like gives him a pamphlet yeah. <laughs> so to know how much alcohol he needs he can imbibe yeah. you could get addicted god i miss when nerds were nerds dale you know, it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's it. I think that's all. I think it's all now. Uh, folks, watch Can't Hardly Wait. If if you don't watch our movie this week, which you should be, watch Can't Hardly Wait. I can't hardly wait. Okay. And uh, we love you. Hardly wait. Cute, I can't wait. So you got any let's let's let's, let's get out of here. All right, let's end this. Love you. Love you, bye. theme song was created by toby forsman of whipsong music find out more at whipsongmusic.com this 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 is a tape deck podcast